to today's daf. Today's daf is daf ayin, page 70, in the Hedegim Masechus Shubas. And we are up to Tanan Hasam. All right? So, we are seven lines from the top of the Amud. Seven lines from the top, last two words on the line. Tanan Hasam, we learned in the mission over there. Over there. Hapauta is young kids, Rashi tells us, eight or nine years old. So we're about the age where they're like Higi So they're really too young, Midairaisa, to make any sort of acquisition or to give over money or to give over property as an acquisition. But they have enough seicho, enough abilities, uh, mental abilities, that the Chachamim say that if need be, if these kids at this age, eight or nine, depending on the maturity of the child, were to make a transaction, we will allow it to be valid, okay? So here's what happened. These kids, eight or nine years old, mechon mekach, if they buy something, it is considered bought. Umemcharon mecher, and if they sell something, it is considered sold. Midrabonon. Amar, uh, that's true, bimetautalon. That is true by movable objects, not with real estate. By real estate, we stick with the biblical, and it's not... Uh, that whatever they do with these transactions is not effective. All right? It's non-transferable as far as these katanim are concerned. Amar Rafram, Rafram says, Where did we say that these eight or nine-year-olds can purchase or sell um, a metaltolin? That is when there was no apitropis, there wasn't an overseer or a trustee, treasurer of the estate established by a court. There's no adults there to help them out. So you know what we're going to say? Their transaction is valid by Metalton. But if there is an Apitropus, an overseer of the estate of their father, right? There's no father around, that's why they, they own this stuff. So then So then it's not gonna be um, it's not gonna be valid because there's a trustee set up. There's a, there's an overseer of the estate. So why would we leave it to an eight or nine-year-old? In other words, says the, says the Gemara, an eight or nine-year-old is valid if they have no other options. You have to allow them to live within the society. But if there's somebody set up to do that, so then what they do is not valid. They don't, have, they, they, they don't have capacity. They're not a, they're not a bar, a bar they're not a bar True. But the Rabbanon say that if need be, once you reach age eight or nine, there's enough capacity to affect a rabbinic transaction with metaltolin. Can they undo it once they're 13? No, and say, uh, no, no. Very good. That's the chiddush. It's there to help them, and it's going to go both ways. But a, a, okay. What about a chayrish or a... No, uh, that's not going to work. There's enough, they, they obviously, once they reach a certain stage, I mean, there's enough capacity. That's not valid. Not valid. Chayrish is not valid at all. No. They're not like a cherish in this in this scenario. Says Gemara Memai, where do you know this from? Bidiktani, because our Mishnah says in Maisek Katana Klum, Maisek Katana doesn't do anything. Says the Gemara, how do you know that? Vadoma hecha den is shalish shiny. Maybe says the Gemara. You know, in our Mishnah we spoke about a shlish. What was the case of a shlish? A trustee. Now a trustee. Remember what was the case? The father asked the trustee to make sure there's only X amount of money given out, right? A trustee, says the Gemara, maybe would be different than a regular apitropis because an apitropis is responsible to oversee everything. They're not given direct details over a specific transaction. In the case of our Mishnah, a direct uh, instruction was given specifically for this. So maybe there would be an afgamina in halacha. And, and you, can't, you can't prove the halacha of an apitropis from the halacha of a shlish. Says the Gemara, no, if that would be true, we wouldn't have said 
a katana ain't maisa katana klum. We wouldn't have said it. It says ain't maisa klum seems to imply everywhere. If we would say there's an afkamina, what the mission should have said is by a katana, if there's a shlish, so then this trustee's got to do what he's got to do. And if she wants to change it when she gets married and say, hey, give me my dowry now, you know what we're going to say? No, tough, not happening. My ain't maisa katana klum. So why did we use this expression of ain't maisa katana klum that it's mamish nothing? Shmami no, afilu ba'alma. You see, this applies even by an apitropis. Whether or not the father gave direct instructions or whether or not there's an apitropis set up by the court, the halacha is this katan or katana does not have the ability to purchase or sell when it comes to land. Hadron Allah, Metzia Seisha, Hadron Allah, Metzia Seisha, Hadron Allah, Metzia Seisha, Bezham will be Zeichet to come back to this Heluge, this holy sixth parak of Ksubis, Maslow, everybody who finished the sixth parak of Ksubis, and now we begin an all time parak in Ksubis, a very yeshivish parak, which we learn Be'iyun, we're going to blow through this, the next daf, today's daf, daf ayin, all right, takes about, uh, takes about two months in yeshiva, all right? So here we go. We're going to do this, Blessed Hashem, in the next half hour, huh? I thought it was a matter of her appointing somebody to do it for her. Rather than doing it. No, the matter over here is whether whether the father or the bezdin appointed somebody. But yeah. it's not up to the girl. What the girl wanted is she, she was telling the trustee over the estate, "Hey, you know, um, I I want you to to uh, either um, give money instead of land to my husband right. when the father had instructed that it goes to." You know that the the land specifically should go to the husband. Now, the reason why the father wanted the land to go to the husband is because if she brings land in, she gets land. It's protection for her. She's going to walk out of the marriage with land. She doesn't. He doesn't want it liquidated. And she says, "No, I trust my husband enough." So um, the, we had a machlekes in the mission of whether to listen to her or whether not to. Now, why would we listen to her? Because Lamaisa, she if she would have the ability to sell it, then why not listen to her now? She could get she can get the cash anyway, right? So, but you see from here that she wouldn't have had the ability to set it, sell it because ain't my see a katana klum. The, the actions of a katana. Then she could do it. Look the hate. But right now she can't. She's a katana. So right now she can't. All right, here we go. Next, Perak. This Perak is, as we, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit until we get to the Agatha Gemara. It's going to be a lot of Agatha Gemara's towards as we move along in, that, uh, in the Perak. But the Vila for now, the topic of today's, uh, uh, the beginning of the Perak and the next few daf, is going to be focused on the dharm. It's going to be focused on vows, specifically within relationships. If a, if a husband makes a vow about a wife, as far as benefiting from him, if a wife makes a, a vow about a husband, as, as far as forbidding herself to benefit, we're going to discuss in our Mishnah right now, certain vows impact their relationship, certain vows do not impact their relationship. Another thing we're going to see is, that whenever a wife makes a vow that can possibly impact the relationship, the husband has the right for 24 hours, he's got one day, to go and be mafer and nullify that vow. If he chooses to be silent, then we say, shtika kehoda'a. Silence is as if you yourself are making that vow. 24 hours from when he knows about it. Yes, from when he finds out about it. Okay? Now, this can have a tremendous impact on the relationship, the right to nullify, the, the ability to nullify a vow or the inability. How so? Because if she makes a vow, like we're going to see in the first case, where she, where she says, 
I forbid my husband from ever having any sort of benefit from me. And he lets that go. That's an automatic get. Automatic. You guys can have, you can't live in the same house because you're automatically going to be benefiting from each other at some point. The moment you lift your finger to pick a tissue up off the floor, I benefited from that. He can cancel it. Uh, but once he doesn't cancel it for 24 hours, so now they're stuck and they're ob- going to be obligated to get divorced. But you're right. You're right. He has the ability to nullify it. But by him not nullifying it, he's stating the vow as well. Okay? Now, so he has, tw- he has time to find that Pesach. What, what, if it's a time, what if it's a time-bound vow? So then we're going to see that it depends on the vow that will determine whether the amount of time is also enough to knock off this marriage. The Mishnah is going to read straight. It's going to be clear, but we're going to have a lot of questions that we'll have to wait and will be clarified both between today and tomorrow. Most of the hard questions on our Mishnah is going to be clarified tomorrow. Let us get going. All right? With that, uh, with that introduction on the laws of vows. A person makes a neder about his wife. From receiving any sort of benefit from him. Now Rashi says, this is not talking about Tashmish Hamita. It's not talking about uh, marital relations yet. We're going to get to that later. Right now what we're dealing with, says Rashi, we're dealing with really Parnasa, feeding uh, it with, um, not Parnasa, Mizaynas. Okay? That she's not going to be allowed to use any sort of, of uh, benefit for her own eating. Okay. Now, the reason why we're not talking about Tashmish right now, by the way, is because, remember, a husband has a chiv to the wife, so you can't make a nether on something the Torah obligates you with. So that's going to be a whole conversation in of itself. But be it as it may, a guy makes a nether about his wife, she cannot benefit from him. But it's, it's time-bound. He says, Ad for 30 days. So what's the halacha? You could stay married, but you have an obligation to feed your wife. So you know what we say? Yamid Parnis. We'll set up a Farnis. What's a Farnis? A supporter. Right? Uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Pinchas, they're all called Mepharnison. They're supporters of Klal Yisrael. So you set up a, somebody else will go and feed her for 30 days and then you'll get back together. Shalom al Yisrael. Whose money is being used to feed her? Let's say the other guys until 30 days, then you pay them back oh, after. Okay? Good. But, uh, good. Gavaldic. It has to be where there's no direct benefit from him. Good. Yasser Mikain. Let's say he says 31 days. You cannot benefit from me for 31 days. Then the halacha is Yaitzei V'yitein Ksuba. Then the Bezdin is going to convince him or force him, Machlaikas here, whether they can force him or just convince him to uh, give a divorce and he's going to be obligated to give a Ksuba. Now, the reason for this is is that there are certain things within a marriage that if a husband acts a certain way, a wife can come to Bezin and say, you, you, gotta, uh, you agree this can't go on in a marriage, right? I, I'm certainly allowed to get a get over here. And up to 30 days, we'll say, yeah, 31 days, uh, uh, we'll say not necessarily. The 31st day, we're like, yeah, this cannot exist within a marriage. Rebuta Rebuta says, it depends. Be Israel. If the husband is a Yisrael, meaning a non-Kohen, even if he's a Levi, 
After 30 days, he keeps her. Going into the second month, meaning once it's 31 days or more, then we're going to tell him you got to get divorced. However, the Kohen, let's say the husband's a Kohen, we have up to 60 days because a Kohen can never take his wife back. You can't be Machsir Grushasai, even if she doesn't remarry, you can't take her back. And therefore, we're going to give that, that extra month in order to make sure that Taka, this is, you know, this was the, uh, uh, he, he knew there's going to be uh, no backsies on this. Okay, that is the case of the ratio. So again, a guy says, my wife is not going to get any sort of benefit from his Zionus, or Parnassa, I'm not supporting her at all. So he said like this, up to 30 days, you set up a supporter for her. That's the Tanikama. Rabbi Yehuda says it depends. Either up to 30 days, set up a supporter by Yisrael. If he's a Kohen, you're going to have up to 60 days. Again, and what are you going to do? Set up a supporter throughout that time. Next, Halach of the Mishnah. Hamadir es Ishtai. A person who makes a vow about his wife. Now, he doesn't just say about any sort of benefit. Over here, what happened was, he says, Shilotitom echor mikol haperos. She can't taste one of many fruits. Now, Rashi over here says, interestingly, she makes the nether. She says, I'm making a vow. I will never eat kiwi, mango, whatever she says. And the husband hears this, okay? And he's quiet. I won't allow it. It's quiet. 24 hours. He lets it go. Listen to this. What are you going to say? So don't eat a mango. Like, big deal. Yeah. Move on in life. Says the Mishnah, You got to divorce her right away. Give her a ksuva. It is. Divorce her right away. This is going to be, have to be explained. If you don't review this, First day, it's fine. Why? We give him time to go find the Pesach. To go find a way to nullify it. He lets it go longer than that. You got to get divorced. Okay. Same. Rabbi Yehud over here is giving the additional time. Double the time. Next. A person makes a vow about his wife. Now again, as we're going to see in the Gemara, she makes a vow and he's going to, he's going to uh, solidify it by not nullifying, uh, by not nullifying the vow. So now this vow is, She's not allowed to use a specific type of, tis, of kishut. What is this, what's the skashit? So tiskashit literally means like um, accessories, right? Or like nice things, jewelry. Over here it's referring to perfume. It's referring to perfume. So he says, or she said and he solidified this vow, that we're not going to use a specific type of perfume. The halacha is, She goes out, immediate divorce, and she's able to collect her ksuba. Rabbi Yaisi says, If she's poor, then you got to get divorced if there's no set amount of time given. Now it's not clear how long it is. If there's no set time given, then you got to get divorced. If a poor woman and if a poor couple made a vow that she's not going to wear this perfume. perfume. I'll explain in a minute what's happening. Uba Ashirus, if it's a rich family, right, if there's wealth here, so then Shloy 
it could be up to 30 days. Once more than 30 days, once the, the, the vow is made in a way where the expectation is this is going to go longer than 30 days, she says, I'm not going to, there's no perfume, or he says, because he's solidifying this, no perfume for 31 days. Then there's going to be, uh, then there's going to be a get, and you receive, she will receive a ksuba. Now, we're going to have to wait for the Gemara to clarify, but I just want to exp- a, a little bit of a heads up. Remember, the hygiene back then was not capable of being the hygiene we had now. They didn't have toothpaste. They didn't have Listerine. They didn't have showers in their homes. They didn't have running water. So people would bathe Rosh Chodesh. They'd bathe maybe, if you were lucky, Lekavit Shabbos. So there was, there was a lot of body odor that was going around and, and people were schwitzy, people sweated, and perfume was actually a cover-up. It was a cover-up of all the bad smells. So when there, is a, when there is a vow about refraining from perfume, that actually is a vow that has a lot to do with physical relations or phys- even the ability to, with people's hygiene to, to, for a couple to interact with each other. So perfume was there to cover it up. Okay? All right. Says the Gemara, and we'll get into this. So again, three parts to the mission. Take a step back. The first part was talking about where a person um, makes a vow. We're just going to use the expression of the Mishnah. person makes a vow saying his wife's not going to benefit from him at all. So we said it depends 30 days, according to Yehuda, 30 or 60, Yisrael or Kayin. Then we gave a case of a specific fruit. Again, either you got a divorce right away, or... Um, if he's a uh, Yisrael, then it's one day, that's Rabbi Yehuda. If it's a Kohen, it's two days. And then finally, the case of the perfume, where we said you go out right away, while Rabbi Yaisi says it depends whether she is rich or poor. Okay, And we'll see that really, I mean, once we start explaining it, rich or poor is going to depend on how often they wore this perfume anyway. Right? A, a poor woman didn't wear perfume that often, so they were used to... Certain uh, certain body odors didn't make a difference. All right, says the Gemara like this. Here we go. Zakti Gemara vekiwan demishubed la hechi matzi madir la. I don't understand. Says the Gemara, the husband's obligated in this. The husband's obligated to give her food. He's obligated to support her. It says in the Torah. So how could he make a vow? Can he go ahead and say, "Oh, my, my dear wife, you're forbidden from me ever benefiting from me of supporting you." You can't do that. Because we learned in the Mishnah, let's say she says, a wife says to her husband, I'm making a kainam, forbidding, you know, I'm, I'm sanctifying, so to speak, on you. I, you will not gain from my earnings. A wife says, you will not gain from my, I'm making a kainam on that money. You know what the husband could, could do? Nothing. Why? Yeah, doesn't work. She has no right to do that. Alma, Since we know he gets her earnings, it doesn't make a difference that she's going to go ahead and start uh, putting liens on his property. So over here as well, husband's obligated to support his wife. Who is he? That we're saying, oh, all of a sudden he's knocking her off from benefiting. You can't do that. Yeah? Says the Gemara, No, I'll tell you why. Because a husband really is able to say to his wife, listen, you earn money, 
And we're going to see this holds true the other way as well. He could say to her, you are for, you're, I'm forbidding you from being supported by my money. You know why? Because you have enough money that you're earning with your own job. You could feed yourself. So I'll tell you what. You keep your paycheck and I'm not going to feed you. I'll make this vow. Top of Ahmed Bey's. It's as if he said to her, You keep your money and I'll keep the food. And that's how the, um, that's how the neder, the vow, is going, to, uh, is going to take effect. Says the Gemara, one second. Vemisa, Marav, is it true? This statement of Yehuda Marav, Damar of Huna Marav, a woman could say to her husband, now we're saying a, a husband saying this to a wife. We know a wife could say to a husband, listen, I'll keep my money, you keep your food. If she says, I'm making a kainam on all my earnings, why isn't he obligated to nullify that? Why don't we say, since she has the ability to say, I'm not, don't give me food, and you won't get my income, you won't get my earnings, it's as if she's saying, it's as if she's saying to him, and let it be valid. Why do we say, it's not, it doesn't work? Let it work. If it works, if it works from him to her, it's work from her to him. Says the Gemara, you're right. That can't be the explanation of our mission. Rather, Ella, rather, don't say it's as if he's saying to her, you keep your money and I keep my food when he makes this vow. Okay? Ella, rather, it's when he said to her, take your earnings. And I won't give you food. If that's true, if he said this explicitly to who, to her, so now, would, is he mechoyev to support her, to defeat her? No. Because she gets to keep her earnings. And therefore, if there's a vow saying that she can't benefit from him, that vow is going to work. Because he's not breaking any uh, pre, uh, pre-established obligation of the Rabbana. Says the Gemara, okay, well, one second. What we just said is, he's saying to her, you keep your money, I keep my food. What did we say? You don't need to get divorced. Because that could work in a relationship. But what did we say in the Mishnah? If you did that, you know what we said in the Mishnah? You got to set up a supporter for 30 days. Why are you giving her money for 30 days? I thought you said to her, you keep your money, I keep my food. Why is he setting up a, 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 a parnes? He says, parnes lamola. Why are you setting up a parnes for 30 days? Says, I'll tell you why you have to. Because he said, you keep your earnings, I keep my money. But what if... Her earnings isn't enough to, to feed her. She's making a buck fifty a day. It's going to cost ten dollars a day to give her breakfast, lunch, and supper. You got to give her some cereal, a bagel, and some cream cheese, and a piece of chicken, right? Whatever it is for the uh, for three for three meals. She's not earning enough. whenever she's not earning enough, so we say to the husband, okay, so you have to supplement her earnings through the parnies. Says Gemara, Safka. One second, if she's not earning enough money, we're back to square one. She's not earning enough money. How can a husband make a vow that you cannot benefit from me? The Torah says, and established by the Chum, depending on what, you're obligated to give her food. You're obligated to support her. Who are you to make a vow? Again, we're back to square one. If she's not earning enough money, you're making a vow on a pre-existing obligation, which you cannot do. 
Amar Vashi, b'mavsekas l'dvarim g'daylum. Be'inu mavsekas l'dvarim g'tanim. Ah, here's what happens. She is making enough money to be able to breathe. She'll be able to go to a store, buy herself a bottle of milk and cereal, and she won't starve to death. But she doesn't have enough to live with the Devarim Kitanim. Now, Devarim Kitanim doesn't necessarily mean small expenses. It means the non, uh, non-essentials. Thank you. Strawberries on the cereal. Right. Huh? Strawberries on the cereal. Strawberries in the cereal. Yes, if it's his standard, because she's always marrying his standard. That's what we learn. Okay. What if it's a standard in that family to like not give the women those? Uh... So then, if it's not in her family and not in his family, you're not obligated. Okay, you're not obligated. So says the Gemara. Hani dvarim ketanim echidami. What's the case? These smaller things. If she's used to them, that was our question. So he's obligated to give it to her. If she's not used to it, why is he setting up a parnes to take care of those expenses for 30 days? He has no obligation. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. The case is where she got used to it when, when she was growing up, means her, her father's home. And what happened was, she that, that rolled over into her marriage. Okay. So when she was living in her father's house, that's what she had. Um, then she rolled over into her marriage. Now what happened once she got married? She rolled over. Uh, she rolled over. So what happened was she rolled over. So in her house, she, she uh, you know, uh, I, I wasn't, you know, you guys know my, my story, but it's, it's well known amongst my siblings that when my mother would go out of town and travel, Party so it was, a, it, was a, it was party with dad Because It was party with dad Because when the cats away the mice play My father would send all The kids for school My mother said My mother knew my father And he was My father had a uh, sweet tooth And loved seeing his kids smile So she told my father When she left That you mu- they must have sandwiches packed in They need a sandwich for lunch You can't just give junk so my father had to listen to my mother. So all my siblings, when they went to school, they got a slice of bread, a huge Hershey bar, and another slice of bread. So they had a chocolate sandwich. <laughs> that was the sandwich. Yeah? Child abuse. So now, so now, <laughs> now I don't know if the bar was Hershey or Chol Yisrael. I don't know. In my times, once I came around, so my, my parents, I, many of you know, kept Chol Yisrael. But on the kids, they were never Makhbit. So our house was Chol Yisrael, but when... But, uh, Whenever we as kids wanted to eat non-chol Yisrael, my father was happy to purchase it for us. He would say, I don't put my chumras on my kids. And uh, so I, I don't know if it was a Hershey or a chol Yisrael, but they went with a chocolate bar and, uh, and two slices of bread. So here's what happened. She grows up in a house where her father's given her a piece of bread, a chocolate bar, another piece of bread. That's what she uses. Then she gets married, and uh, the, the husband's chol Yisrael... And there's no Chol chocolate around. So she stopped with these Devarim Ketanim. She stopped receiving these, these uh, extras. Okay? So the Kamagagal Abadeh is stopped. The Amri Law. So now she's going to say to her husband like this. Adha idn until now, Delayat Dartan, when you didn't make a neder, so Galgilna Bahadach. So whatever you had, I had. Hashta, but now, Dartan, that you said your stuff 
is separated from me. You're like living in your own house and, and you, have, you, have your, you have your food pantry and I can't benefit from your food pantry. I got to have my own diet over here. So I don't need to go along with your diet and I want to go back to having my chocolate bars. Oh, says the Gemara. Okay, so why only until 30 days? Why do we say once it's 30 days, right? That was the obvious question. One of the obvious questions. Why is it 30 days? Until 30 days, it's not so noticeable to everybody else what's going on. And she doesn't look dumb. She's not embarrassed about it. It's not like she doesn't... For 30 days, at a certain point, it's the biggest sight. You can only cover up something for so long. More than 30 days, she's out more often with more people. You're attending more events. More people are going to have the opportunity to hear about what's happening and this vow uh, that the husband's forbidding her to benefit. The Zila Bamosa, it's a disgrace. You're obligated to divorce her. A husband's not allowed to put a wife in a scenario in their marriage that's going to be embarrassing for her. And divorce isn't more embarrassing? Right. She could, at least she could blame him. At least she could blame him, which that's a conversation in and of itself. Over the Misa, there's. Unfortunately, the Misa, there's. is not more embarrassing. No, uh, uh, no, no but there's times where. <laughs> no, there's times where it's necessary. There's times where it's necessary. Necessary. It's an obligation. I have. There's, there's a young. There's a couple I was, I was working with, and whatever. A, a, a lot of details doesn't matter. They, they ended up staying together. It was Gehenim for a year. After, towards the end of their Shunri Shaina, at the end of the first year, they finally got divorced. And I said to him, I heard what he was going through. I knew what it was going on throughout the year. And at the end, I said, you should know you're a tzaddik for what you put up with. And he told me that he looked at me not with a smile, he said, you think I'm a tzaddik. My Rosh Hashiva told me I'm a fool. He said, why'd you put up with that for a year? You should have bounced out after Shavu Brachas. Okay. So you have to know. You have to know. There's a time. <laughs> there's a reason why the Torah writes. Uh, why there's a mitzvah of get. If things get crazy enough and, and abusive enough, and then you're, spo- you're not supposed to. <laughs> Listen, you, 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 you got to ask a shayla, no, but it's a, it's a longer conversation. But as, as much as we say the Mizbeach cries, when a marriage ends, there's a reason why the terrorites get. Okay. Says the Gemara Baiter, Iba and that's going back to, is it embarrassing? No, there's times where it's like, no, Shkoyach, for putting your foot down. Okay. Viba Yaseima. Another, another uh, approach with this is, Shehidira Kishahi Arusa. Over here, he made a nether about her when she was in Arusa, but there wasn't Nisuin yet. So is he obligated to feed her? No, he wasn't obligated to feed her. So, so it started as Erezim, but it's going to end up by Nisuin. Arusa, me, Islam, Mazani, but I don't understand. There's no Mazani in the first place. The Gemara says, no. So what happened was you started as an Arusa, you ended up by Nisua, Shigiyaz, Bamvale, Nisu. What happened was like this. they were in Erezim. It came time to move in. And what happens? The husband says, I'm not moving in yet. The Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah. The time for Nesuin came. And they're not married. He's already obligated to start feeding her. Why? Until 30 days. Again, it's Erison. Okay? 
Until 30 days, you could rely, a beautiful svara, you could rely on the parnes to follow through. On more than 30 days, you can't rely on a mafarnes to take care of her, which is another very important yesayit. And that is, we know this with ourselves, sometimes a mitzvah comes your way, it's a big mitzvah, you throw yourself into it, at a certain point, if you don't let go, you may very well burn out. Either you're going to totally stop and stop doing chesed for everybody, or you're just going to have such anger towards the situation that you're in. You really Sometimes you overdo it. We're not, right? Sometimes you overdo it, and then you get stuck. And, and it's very, very tough. It's very tough. So up until 30 days, he could rely on the parnes to take care of her. Past 30 days, you can't rely on the parnes, and that's it. You haven't moved in with her, may have a vow, not happening. Okay, why, why? He's been to feed her even, even before the um, Nisuin? Correct. Be, once the Zman Nisuin arrives, we learned this in a couple of ago, that if, let's say, it's expected to move, they agree, from, from the time they agree to have Nisuin, they each have 12 months to prepare, let's say. Right. Okay, we said it's different by an Almana, whatever. whatever. 12 months shows up, and the husband says, I need more time. Well, the husband the, Right, the halacha is, he's already obligated to start supporting her. Another possible approach is He made the vow Forbidding her to benefit When she was in Arusa And then Venises They had Nesuans At the time of the vow There was no uh, There was no support obligated Now the support Started Okay Nises What happened if uh, Now that they got married Says the Gemara I'm sorry According to this third the, This third answer If they now have Nesuan Hasvara Vakibla I don't understand what happened is, he made a vow, she knew about it, and she still didn't assume him. Right. What are you doing that for? Right? Why, why are we going to say, divorce her and give her a ksuba? She knew what she was getting into. Says Gemara, the Amra, she thought, I thought I could handle it. And I realized, you know what? It's gone too far. Amar Darmin al-Hachi. Says Gemara, when do we say that a wife, you know, or a person can say, you know, I thought I could handle it, but now I realize I can't. Gabi mumen. That's when it comes to a mum. Couple gets married, and one of them has a mum. One of them is a wooden leg, place. And the spouse says, okay, it's okay with me. Then they get married, they realize it's takinat pasha, whatever it is. They, they're, they're not, uh, they, they can't handle this. So then we say, you know, I didn't know. And, you know, there's, we'll, we'll you know, Bezdin will go and create a divorce between them with that logic. But any hachi, do we say such a thing with Mizainus? Right? No, we expect her to know about herself, Rashi explains, whether or not, you know, she could go without chocolate or she can go without the, that, that, that particular thing. So Mar says, you're right. Alright? So we're knocking off the seed by Yasema and we're going back to our first couple of answers. Beautiful. All right, back to the mission. We said, If it's 30 days of, no, of where he made a vow about benefiting, we'll set up a farnis. So farnis, lav, covid. Isn't the parnes just carrying out shlichus of the guy? This was what Rabbi Ravinsky mentioned before, which was very nice you're setting up a parnes, but what was the whole vow? You're not benefiting at all from me. And then what are you doing? You're setting up the parnes to give to her. Well, then she's still benefiting from the husband. So your answer was a good answer. 
Okay, so let's see what the, let's see what we do. So Ravuna The husband says it's not going to be directly from me, but if somebody else gives it, that's what we answer. It's coming from the mafarnes. It's not coming directly from the husband. Says the Gemara. V'chi Amar Hachi Lav Even if uh, even if the guy says that I don't mind somebody else supporting her. Don't we still consider the parnes to be the shliach v'hotnan? Because we learned in a uh, learned in a mishnah, If you have somebody sitting in the bottom of a pit, he was thrown into pit v'yomar, and he says, "Kol whoever hears me, yichtoiv get leishtoiv, write a get for the, my wife." He's so far down in a cave, a pit, whatever. He realizes that he's going to be swept away. He doesn't want his wife to be in aguna, so he says, "Please write a get for my wife." If anybody hears him, you're allowed to write a get. So you see, even if you heard, you're called a shliach. A husband's allowed to appoint a shliach to write a get. Not anybody can just come along and do it. So you see, even if you know it's somebody's will, that itself is shlichus. And hence, we should not allow the parnes to support her. Says Gemara, no. Hachi hashta, here now. Meaning, like, don't compare the case of the guy down you know, uh, worried his life's about to end and his wife's going to be in Aguna to the case of our neder. Why? Over there he says, write the get. Who? Who should write the get? Insane. So it could be anybody. So anybody's the shliach. But here, did he say this specific, did he say, go feed her? He said, yeah, anybody who feeds her, you know, I'll pay you back later. Well, whatever it is. Fine. So since it was so general, since it was so general, nobody is considered his shliach right now. I have Amar Vahamar Ravami, Ravami says the Daleka, when it comes to a Daleka, when it comes to a flame on Shabbos, he tiru laimar, the Chachamim allowed a person to say, you can't ask people directly to put out a fire. Somebody's property is on fire. You're not allowed to, but you're allowed to say, you know, hey, by the way, I'm not telling anybody to do this, but if anybody puts out my fire, puts the fire out, on my house, I guarantee you, it, it'll be worth it for you. What's the case? A guy's possessions are burning. But he can't say that. Why not? He's into Goyim. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm Amir Lakum. Right. No, Amir Lakum. Right, okay. you, you can't instruct an Akum right. to put out a fire when your property is burning. Right, but but could I that. say, there's a fire, my house is on fire. By the way, whoever uh, puts out the fire, uh, you'll be all right. You know, I'll take care of you. Okay. So call machab ena mafs bedalika lamute mai. What it means when your house is on fire? What's that coming to exclude? Lav lamute kiai gavna. Is it coming to exclude a case where a person says, uh, you know, about kol hazon ena mafsid, like appointing a parni? Says gemara lamute shari surim de shabbos. Nothing to do with the case of the vow. Rather, it's referring to other cases of hilchis shabbos. Okay, masav rabba. Rabba has a challenging question. Again, we're trying to figure out. You know, right now we're saying, you know why. Let's, let's take a step back and understand what's happening. Right now we're explaining, you know why a parnes is allowed to take care of this guy's wife for 30 days? Because he's not appointing the parnes directly. He's just saying, if somebody supports my wife, you won't lose. You won't lose. You won't lose out if you support my wife. Okay? So we want to we know, is that really okay 
as a statement when you already said to a wife, you're not going to benefit from me. So is, is this enough? So Masiv Rab. Rab asked a challenging question. Hamaydaran a person who makes a vow, forbidding benefit from his friend. And he doesn't have anything to eat. So Ruvain says to Shimon, Shimon, I make a vow, I'll never benefit from you. And then Shimon sees Ruvain is starving to death. So now Ruvain made a vow though. So So Ruvain should go to a storekeeper. The Yemerlain say, You know, uh, I'm sorry, Shimon should go to the store and say, You know, Ruvain said he's not allowed to benefit from me. And therefore, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I don't know how to help him. So here's what you do you give a little wink wink. Yeah. And the um, storekeeper could go and give to the give to the guy who's hungry, and then take money from the guy who's willing to pay. Says the Gemara, "Hachu Deshari, over there, it's allowed. Avokolazon mafsid loy, but you're going to tell me he can't say kolazon enay mafsid, okay? Which if the husband says to the parnes, if you take care of my wife, I guarantee you, you won't lose out. What are you basically saying? You're getting, you're getting I'm going to reimburse you. I'm going to pay you so back. She's getting huh? She's getting hung She's getting hung up, right? So we didn't want him to be direct. We said he needed to be vague. Ask Rabbah a challenging question. Rabbah says, one second. When somebody is in tremendous dire need of food, the Mishnah tells us, you could do a wink-wink with the storekeeper. Ruvain's hungry. Shimon says Ruvain's hungry. But he said, he's, you know, we, we have this vow between us. He can't benefit. I'll tell you what. I'll pay you and just give Ruvain free food. Free? Free in quotations. Meanwhile, you know, it, don't we know what's happening? Yeah. And that's still allowed. So asks Rava, why are we even forced to say, you don't even need to be so vague. It could be even a little more direct. Says Gemara, you're right. Let me buy Kamar. It's a Lemi buy. Lemi buy means it's not necessary. Meaning, Lemi buy calls on Inimafsid. Certain, we don't even need to tell you that Allah is if he says anybody who feeds my wife won't lose out. Of course, that's okay. Dila Alma Kamar. He said it to anybody. He didn't ask anybody specifically. He said there the guy's certainly not a shliach, and it's okay. Avolhai, but in the case even by Maider Hana Mechaveray, Kivan Deraga Let's Light. Since he knows he goes to his store often, Ruggel, the Ka'azil, Ka'amarle, and he goes to him and he says, Oh, you know, you, you need food. So, command the Amarle. You, you might say it's as if one guy says to the other, the guy who made the vow says to the guy who's benefiting, Zil Havle at Rame, at the dummy. Go, go give him food. I'm sorry, he says to the storekeeper, go, It's like you're saying the tongue directly, go give him food. Kamashwan, the mission lets us know that even over there it's okay. Even over there it's okay. Incredible. Kufa, a piece of a previously quoted b'risa, a person who makes a forbidding benefit from his friend, the guy's got no food. He goes to the chamini, that the guy, the, the storekeeper that the guy usually shops by. And he says to him, this guy made a vow, 
uh, not getting benefit from me. I don't know what else to do for him. I'll give you some money above. And he goes, he, 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 you know, one guy pays, the other guy takes food, but officially one's not helping the other. Says the Gemara, Beisai live nice, Ugidei ligdar, Visadehu liktsar. What happens if the guy's forbidden to benefit and the guy who's, the guy who's not allowed to give the benefit knows that the other guy needs a house, he needs a fence, he needs, his, uh, he needs help. He needs help in his field. He needs his field liktsar to be harvested. The guy's got no money. But she has nowhere to live. He doesn't have any workers to harvest this field. So go to, go to workers who the other guy usually hires but isn't hiring because he doesn't have the money to hire them. Say to the workers, this guy is not allowed to benefit from me. I don't know what to do. You know what? They could do it with his money. And then they could go harvest the guy's field, help build the house, and then take the payment from him. This is the guy, Hever. This is major chedushim, right? Let's say these two guys are walking on the road. And the guy who's not allowed to benefit doesn't got no food. So you know what he does? The guy who's not allowed to give the benefit should give the food to a third guy. He says, this is a matana. And then the third guy will give it back to the one who's not allowed to benefit as a present. Umutter, and he could eat it. The main shomacher, that you don't have a third guy. So put on top of a stone, or a gutter, or a fence. It's his hafker. It's not mine. Anybody wants it, up for grabs. And that guy can go ahead and take the food. However, Buda Iser. Buda says you're not allowed to do that. Now, Amar Rabba, Rabba says, My time with Rabbi What's the reason for Rabbi who says that you can't just put on a rock and let the guy take it? He says, Gezeira, it's a decree, Mishon, because of top of tomorrow da- tomorrow's daf, Maisa de Beis Choron. Because of the story that took place in Beis Choron. Okay, what happened was, this is a well-known story, and we'll, uh, we'll hold it here for today. But uh, there was a, a fascinating Misa where there was a fellow who made a neder that his father is not allowed to benefit from him at all. Okay? So call it... Reuven makes a neder that Yaakov, his father, cannot benefit from him at all. Yeah. Now, listen to this. Reuven's son is getting married. And Reuven wants his, his father at the chasna. It is. Reuven wants Yaakov at the family wedding. He's embarrassed, the chves, whatever it is. But he made an edda that his father is not going to benefit from him. So listen to what happens. Ready? He walks over to a guy at the smorgasbord. Right before the smorg. He walks over to Beryl. And Reuven says to Beryl, Beryl, everything at this chasna is yours. It's all yours. <laughs> everything. All the food. Because now Yaakov can enjoy the wedding. Because Yaakov is not allowed to benefit from Reuven's stuff. But now that it's barrels, Yaakov could be at the chasna, walk down the chuppah, eat from the shmorg, beautiful. So beautiful, he gives it to Beryl. So what does Beryl do? Beryl says, oh, it's mine. Ah, it should all be hectish. 
Everything belongs to Hektish, so the whole wedding's canceled. Yeah, nobody's allowed to eat from it anymore. Okay? So you know what Ruvain says? Ruvain says, no, 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 no. I wasn't giving it to you to make it Hektish. That you're not allowed to do. I'm giving it to you, but you're not allowed to do anything that's going to get in the way of the chasna. So it's so clear that why did Reuven give it to Beryl? Because he wanted his father to be there. Okay? And um, therefore, in such a case, the Chachamim say, you can't do such a thing. When it's, when it's so clear, when you, when you backed out. So in our, uh, in our case as well, says Rabbi what his logic is, he says you have two covered traveling, one can't eat from the other. You're going to put our, 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 the food down on, our, on a stone and say, oh, it's Hefker, wink, wink. Now you can go eat it. When it's so clear that you're only doing this because you want Shimon to be able to eat from you, in such a case, uh, that's not going to work. It has to have some sort of workaround, some sort of person in between to allow it to, uh, to play this sort of shtick. All right, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Let's we'll hold it here uh, and pick up from here tomorrow evening, same time, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Zagavanched.